Welcome to the Club Tiger Girls. Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy Wednesday. Happy Christmas. Happy Hump Day. Happy December 25th. What That's does it mean that Hump Day is on the same day as Jesus' birthday? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, Ooh. Jesus. We know. see you. <laughs> and you know what? Next week, it's going to be Hump Day on the first day of the year, and that's going to be great, too. So this is the last 2019 podcast of Tired Girls Club that you will ever listen to. Yep. We're here. We did it. <laughs> We've been you. drinking mimosas. We drank a lot of mimosas. And we potted for you today. Uh-huh. So if you want to learn a lot, it was like story time with Becca. She got these really cool um, astrology books. True. We're going to just read from them and learn. So it's like your very merry astrology Christmas. And if you want to know things about your chart specifically, just holla at us and I can send you all the info because there's only so much we can actually just talk about on the pod. Touche. But maybe one day, maybe we could just make this whole thing like one episode is about a fucking Mars and Gemini and then we can just talk all about that. And maybe one day it could be all about like Saturn and fucking... I don't know. Cancer. Who cares? <laughs> but you if have, you want to know anything know. about your sign Hit me up. and your I birth chart, ask Becca because she like I have all the reference the books. She's your oh, girl. Yeah. All right. I research things. I know stuff. So we know. We know. And you'll know from this podcast. So if you know, we know. And if we know, you know. And we know, you, you just know, gotta you let know. us know. We know. That you want to know so you can know. <laughs> all right. Listen. Love you. Bye. Adios. Two one zero. Blast! We did it. It's Christmas. I don't have a phone. My phone's dead. It's in the room. Hey guys. I'm charging. Hi, podcast. He'll figure it out. If you haven't figured it out yet, it's Christmas. Christmas. We're at um, my house. We're at Becca's. We're in the Zen Room Studios, and everyone's here in the background, so you can hear them. It's and they can hear us. It's okay. Ew. It makes me so nervous. I mean, I feel bad that they can hear them, but, like, fuck them if they can hear us. Okay. <laughs> so. <sighs> Ooh, Becca's got stage fright, I think. I do. I get so nervous. It's like when I was in school and I would be, you know, t- typing around on the computer, and if someone were to come over my shoulder and look to see what I was writing, I would, like, I hated that. That's my nightmare. And that's what I feel like the energy is. And you know what they say in those moments? What do they say in those moments, JMO? <laughs> you have to picture everybody in their underwear. <laughs> I don't want to. One's my brother. One's your husband. One is my boyfriend. I know what he looks like. And then one's Roger. I, mm. All right, we're going to... I think if I imagine Roar in her underwear, we're going to have okay. a, a cheers. Cheers. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. We're drinking mimosas. It, at four o'clock, it's cool. Here we are. It's fine. Um, it's five. It's five o'clock. It's five. Yeah, it's five o six. All right. I think it's appropriate. Do you um, think our tarot deck should tell us what is happening? Because I feel like I need some grounding or some direction or something. All right, Becca needs to. I need help. <laughs> Becca needs help. And we, I forgot the oracle deck because it's Christmas. And so we have the tarot deck here with us. Hello, tarot deck. And Becca is. Picking the card today. Plot twist. One time no see. Oh, yeah. This feels wrong. Yes. But it's my deck, I guess. Yeah. You don't spend enough time with your deck. I don't. Wow. Did you see what that card was? It was a butterfly. That's my good omen. 
Mm, maybe this is a good omen podcast. <laughs> I'd say all the positive vibes. Should we just we pull are? one card or should we do like a little spread? I feel like <clears throat> I don't know if the tarot does the same things. What if we did just, yeah, you can just, just pull, a card. pull a card. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. Brian, stop distracting my co-host. I know. We need a little like partition, you know? What's that? Like a... Like a curtain? Like that foldy thing. Oh, I've always wanted one of those. Wayfair has some of the cutest ones. <laughs> I've actually really wanted one. And I think that's going to be the next. Yeah, for when, on Wednesday mornings. Yeah, I think that's going to be the next, what's it called, edition? You guys, I might be belching. <laughs> it's champagne <laughs> hot. Okay, Teradek, I know I don't really know you, but you know the universe, and I'm trying to get to know the universe, so can you like... This is our last pod of 2019. <gasps> no, Don't we have next week? Next week is New Year's Day. <gasps> so this is the last pod of 2019. Oh, so we have to like reflect. Yeah, so maybe it's a good thing that we're doing like the tarot. Okay, tarot deck. What is the energy for the end? And it's an eclipse and it's a new moon. Holy shit. I'm so happy we have the tarot deck right now. I can't wait for this pod. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What feels right? Where's the card? Should we cut the deck? Yeah, maybe. Ooh, that one. Okay. We'll stick with this here. Four of Wands. It looks like an eye, which I feel. I feel like it's appropriate. It's okay, what is the Four of Wands? I'm excited. <gasps> four of Wands. <laughs> yeah, Four of Wands. <laughs> Becca's like, I'm so excited, or no, not excited, embarrassed that everyone's listening, but I'm going to sing for everyone. Are you ready? I don't think you know what this four wands means. Well, from the looks of it, it's something positive. It says four of wands. Completion and celebration. Oh my god! We completed this fucking year. We're celebrating. We're celebrating. It's oh my god, I'm so excited. Okay. Wow. Okay, so it says, read, read, read. It says, you've done it. Ah, oh, we did do it. We did it. Cheers. Did it. Cheers. <laughs> you've done it the four of wands is a card of completion who your labors have been steady and strong and the harvest will be plentiful in other words it's time to party oh my god and it's the lord's birthday <laughs> <laughs> shout out who baby jesus thought? who would have thought that today would have been so fucking magical it says there might be an upcoming event to mark this occasion, a graduation, a wedding, or celebration of some kind. So enjoy yourself and those you love. This is an exciting and prosperous time. Wow. I'm oh, so the, happy. The tarot deck came in hot for us. <laughs> I forgot the oracle deck for a reason because wow. the tarot deck, and you know what that means? That you need to spend a little bit more time with your tarot deck. It says, hey, Becca, just so you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to know you know and you know. Hi, I know. Oh, where are you going? Oh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and this card looks like an eye, so it's like perfect for Tire Girls Club, and you're gonna see it on our Instagram. I'm so post. excited. Hootie hoot. How exciting. Wow, and we completed it. We did it. We did it. We did 2019 did we every single week. Yep. We had a pod starting in June, but like literally six months. Six Longer months. than six months. Yeah, and I would, I mean, every single week since we've started it, we've done one. So, yes, we have. Aw, wow. that makes me feel good. How's your Christmas been going? My Christmas has been great. Good, I guess, if you want to call it great. It's been... It, I mean, you were napping. Been. That sounded like a great one. I know, I got up, and then 
ate a little bit of like quiche and breakfast stuff and then had some mimosas and then took a nap and then woke up and had a little bit more snacks and mimosas and you know if we weren't doing this pot i would probably be taking another nap let's be real but (laughs) hashtag turkles club i know we can't miss a wednesday i know no offense jesus but your birthday can't stop us no it can't (laughs) you can't jesus is here to party with us i would say how was your Christmas? Um, my Christmas was emotional, mm-hmm. per usual. Would it be my Christmas if it was not? Um, but I feel like I learned a lot of things. What did so, you learn? Let's hear it. Okay. When I was having my mental breakdown in my kitchen, I was like... <laughs> this okay, morning, approximately oh yeah, four hours ago. I was telling you about this. <laughs> like, I... So, like, we're talking about, like, chakras and stuff. Um, one of my old therapists used to tell me, like, okay, where does it hurt? And that's how you know what chakra is, like, an issue. Mm-hmm. So... It was hurting in my solar plexus chakra, which has everything to do with, fuck, I lost it. It's your... Solar plexus, solar plexus. <sighs> Isn't that like... It's it's your, the, t- the type of nervous system, because you have a conscious mind nervous system, which is one thing. And then the sympathetic... Sympathetic. Sympathetic. Wait. Sympathetic nervous system. Wow, I totally typed that all wrong. So yeah, the sympathetic nervous system directs the body, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to get into it. I cannot read for shit. So what it deals with is like the unconscious mind. And that is the part of the nervous system that deals with like, obviously the unconscious. And so I'm like, in my like mental breakdown, I'm like, why am I feeling like this? I, I know like my life isn't bad. It's Christmas. I'm so excited. I woke up so excited. Like what's happening? I'm like, it's the subconscious. It's everything in the back of my head that's telling me like, this day should be painful and this day should be like sad. Mm. And I, I don't know. It was just like a, a very interesting moment for me to like kind of break down and then like, like why am I going through this? And then lo and behold, solar plexus. Solar plexus. Is that like where when like and guess what color the solar plexus is? Isn't it like orange? It's yellow. Yellow. What color are mimosas? Mm, yellow. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so although that my Christmas was emotional and fine, and it was good because like. Alex was at jujitsu, and I was like feeling a little sad because I'm like alone on Christmas. Um, Why but didn't you come over? Because I wanted to come over with him. But anyway, mm-hmm. like I think it was also very just like it was important for me to like have that moment alone and like find that moment alone. And I was like journaling about the new moon that's here and like the solar eclipse you have and some like intentions to set, dude. Tons. Like today was like such a big like awakening day for me. So that's how my Christmas is going. And now I'm drunk at your house and we're <laughs> podcasting and it's going great. How are you guys doing in your Christmas? <laughs> me and Becca, we both just put our ears <laughs> to the microphone like, where hey. are you? Where are you, Tiger? <laughs> we girls? hope that you're doing well. And even if your Christmas isn't great, it's okay. It'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that sometimes. I but got... if your Christmas is great. Oh, sorry. Go. go. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say I got an- yet another <laughs> new... Um, astrology book at Half she Price was Books. Hiding this under, she's been waiting to present this, and I just keep talking. It's a book from the 80s, and I literally just ripped part of the cover off because it's from the 80s. <laughs> oh, no, with the tag. Okay, but straight up, like, 
I know that you want to go get some astrology books and all you out there who want some astrology books, I would highly recommend going and getting books from the 80s because it is before computers were a thing and it's before you could just like Google shit and make shit up and it was before like you could just plug your birth chart into an app and it would tell you all your things. So it's like has all this science and all these times and charts about like how to find your thing based on like how they did it before we had fucking computers to just tell us. Okay, so tell me what you found. But okay, so this book that I found at Half Price Books, it's called Astro Analysis and it's for Aries. I That's was gonna you. get some other ones if there were, but there was only a Sagittarius one and I was like, mm, no. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I got this Aries one and it's not just Aries focused, it's like there's chill it talks about, let's see, Aries in love, Aries children. And then it goes on to even do, like, if your moon is in Aries, womp, womp. <laughs> if your Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, and Pluto, and not even just in Aries, but it says, like, right now, you know, you can go through and be, like, Saturn in Taurus or Saturn in Gemini or whatever. It has all the stuff in here, and it's very, very, very interesting. So... Is you guys don't know, and I don't even think Becca really knows, but Becca and I have been on the same page unconsciously and subconsciously, I think, for the last, like, two weeks. So we've been, I think, balls deep into astrology, like, on our own, yeah, in our own Just little learning, world. researching. Yeah. So there's a girl that I work with, and she came up to me at work and was like, hey... <laughs> I was watching this like two hour long YouTube video and it says that Aries in the sixth house is the most. You unfa- mean your moon? Well, moon yeah, the Aries. moon. I'm sorry. The moon in the sixth house is the most unfavorable place to have it. And you have it in Aries in the sixth house. And I was like obsessing over it. I was like, God fucking damn it. So my mom's moon is in her sixth house. That so, means that know, it's career, right? Uh. Well, no. The sixth house Work. represents enemies. Enemies. And financial struggle. So, hmm. um, yeah, it was really interesting because, yeah, I mean, health, routines, stuff like that. So people that have their moon in the sixth house in the physical world, <clears throat> they it kind of like manifests to them like everyone's out to get me. Let me get my moon science book. Because it talks more about the houses than this is one Is that does. one from the That's the one 80s? that I was sending you pictures from, yes. Okay. And it's also from the 80s. Where is it? In my room. Okay, run. I'm, I'm <laughs> you just keep explaining <laughs> the things. One okay. second. BRB. So with your moon being in the sixth, apparently that has everything to do with like you think the worst out of like your finances. You think the worst out of the people around you. Um, you can even manifest like sickness on yourself. Um, people that have financial issues can sometimes have their moon in the sixth. And yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those instances where in that moment I was like, what the fuck? I suck. So when we were communicating, or me and Becca were talking about like moon signs after she got this moon sign book, she started sending me like photos of what she was finding about the moon in the sixth. And I don't know, it was just, like, so interesting when she was sending me shit and, like, I was already, like, researching all of the shit. We've had, like, weird synchronicities with this because we haven't been talking really this week. We've been, like, on different, different, like, 
schedules. And TBH, I really, I didn't read much of like the pictures that I sent you because it was a lot of information all at once. And I was trying to read like everyone's and I was like, well, here, Jamie can read it and then tell me about it. So I don't really know how you're feeling because I don't know how hard it called you out. But I know Dude, how hard it called out. out so fucking hard. Okay. So that's why once I started doing research like on the houses, because I've been like, oh, my moon's in Aries. Oh, my Pluto's in Scorpio, and I'm a Scorpio rising, and I'm a Gemini sun. But when I started... <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to hold it down. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I started, like, looking into, like, other houses, and I found that my Pluto in the first, I was, like, yesterday, I was so fucking shook when I found that. But what, what did you find in your... You read, because I'm too drunk to read, because I can't even read well, when I'm sober. Well, I can find some, like, Pluto um, Pluto and Scorpio. It's right here. Okay, read it, read it. If you want to know. but And then yours is in your first house, and then I can write. I can also find something about the first house. Where Your moon's in your sixth, though. But what, what, okay, so another thing. Let me, like, get yeah. this off of my chest before I, like, lose it. So I have my Scorpio rising and my pluto is in scorpio both in my first house right and that's like your identity and what i was reading is like your first house is all about your personality and who you are so Mm -hmm. when pluto of all planets is in your first house they were saying that pluto has not been in aries for a very very long time so people that have like pluto in their first house it's very significant i suppose and the first house is Aries. Mm-hmm. Then I have my Aries moon, which is like whatever. Then that's my problem child. Uh-huh. And then my Gemini sun is in the eighth house, which is Scorpio, which is like so weird how like my whole birth chart kind of has like these little like intertwining kind of things. And then I have my Leo stellium in the ninth house, which is so confusing as well but oh i mean i can definitely relate as far as like crazy things that are just like working against you though because apparently (laughs) for me when i was born since i'm a capricorn rising and i also have uh uranus and neptune in capricorn Neptune is Pisces. In your first and house. So, and it's in my first house. You have three of them in your first house. And so my Capricorn traits have a very Pisces influence because of my Neptune. But also Neptune's in my first house, so that's extra, extra. And then I'm also Pisces moon, so I'm just like super fucking Pisces. Yeah. Even my Capricorn is Pisces, Yeah, is what it was saying. Yeah. And I was like, tight whoa that's so cool though and i'm like you're super pisces and i'm super scorpio but it makes no sense because Mm, yeah it's really crazy yeah that's what like we both i feel like we've been like researching our own charts as of lately and maybe we're just more enlightened now it's so exciting so we're water (gasps) yeah we're little dolphins oh i love dolphins (laughs) you know that i mean we're we're gonna have to get dolphin tattoos now. Can Sorry, we get them on our ankles, like the old ladies do? I mean, <laughs> oh, Becca I don't said know no. if I really. I love dolphins, but I don't. I don't know what a dolphin tattoo would be like. Anything you want it to look like. Boy, I could just can't imagine a dolphin tattoo that I would enjoy. I'm just trying to get all of my astrology situations 
mm. on my right leg. See, I would definitely get like a Pisces, like some fish and like a ram. I think you I need a Pisces tattoo. I mean, probably. Well, okay. So everybody out there, if you were born between 1984 and 1995, you too have a Pluto <laughs> in Scorpio. And this is Jamie's um, cross to bear over here. Since hers is in her first house, mine is in my... I don't know. I can't. I can't see. Yeah, my phone's on the charger. Okay. I want to say it's in my like eleventh house or something. Aquarius? No, right? no, no. It's not in Aquarius. Well, I don't know. Yeah, look me up. See where my Scorpio Pluto is. Okay. I think it's kind of far down there. <clears throat> your Scorpio Pluto, yeah, in your eleventh house. Look at me. I know stuff. Get you. Okay, so um, Pluto and Scorpio. This year, book this astro analysis. Aries book from approximately God knows <laughs> <laughs> from like the beginning of time I think let's see <laughs> when did this book come out ooh 1976 holla 76 yeah wow I love it I know okay and these books a lot of them only go until like maybe 2000 they like kind of push it up to then so if you are one of those post 2000 kids <laughs> jokes on you you're not going to get any wah, 1980s wah. books which are really the true i key. didn't even think about looking for fucking vintage astrology I mean, books because i didn't that either. shit's probably so much more like i just find them at half price books out. but see look at this like this book this moon sign book all this whole entire last part is just charts like to help you find your shit wow i know isn't that crazy this book is great. I really enjoyed it. Okay. But anyway, so Pluto in Scorpio, 1984 to 1995. It says, during these 11 years when Pluto is in Scorpio, man will probably decide whether or not to wipe most of his kind off the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Scorpio is the most destructive and cruelly unsentimental sign of the Zodiac. Ooh. Power and power alone counts here. Ultimate victory against any odds and at any price is a peripathetic drive. With Pluto, the planet of extremes and brand new beginnings after sudden endings, the result seems almost a forgotten conclusion. Almost. Scorpio is also the sign that stands for man's ability through courageous self-discipline to gain power over himself. It is a sign of the loftiest aspirations as well as the lowest. Here alone can the soul soar through self-mastery to fantastic levels of consciousness, which may bring man to the start of the long-awaited golden age. Pluto has the right transforming energy for this process. It is the planet of regeneration. Its extremes include death and rebirth. Shout out JMO. So, yeah. It Wait, also, <laughs> It also represents money and all the untapped resources lying deep in the earth, such as perhaps a new source of energy from the earth's molten core. With maturity of consciousness, Pluto and Scorpio can provide man with all the material means to bring an undreamed of, an undreamed of social and economic reforms on a global scale. Then perhaps peace and goodwill on earth may be more than a beautiful concept. Children born with Pluto and Scorpio have the potential to reach such heights, such heights or depths of consciousness. They will begin taking their places in the seats of power around the year 2029. Their generation will be equipped in one way or another to deal with the aftermath of the crises born into the people, or born into the world with them. 
Oh, that gets me so fucking excited because, like, that was one thing that I was learning about yesterday was people that have that then in their first house, which manifests itself in the physical world, in their own personality and who they are. Mm. Like, that's what I was learning was, like, these types of people, like, I was telling Becca yesterday, they find themselves in these situations that are so terrible and difficult, but yet, like... They are also the type of people that need those in order to grow. So people that have Scorpio in Pluto in the first and my rising is also Scorpio as well. It's just really interesting to see like kind of how that man has manifested itself into my life because All that death and rebirth. I mean, that it seems like that's been my life forever. And it was almost like a breath of fresh air listening to this because it's so true. Like you in order to like get to the next phase in your life which you always do death and rebirth i mean Mm -hmm. it's death first and then you're reborn you know like that's another thing that i was learning too is everybody looks at scorpio as like death and sex and blah 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 but it's actually like not that's a very like stereotypical like idea it's more like depth and darkness and um truth hidden truth um a lot of just i don't know things that are very fucking real so when that whole situation is in your first house it makes sense to me like this year for instance like it took like the the deepest depth of like a low in order to like rebirth yourself to like the highest high but that's gonna be a cycle in my life apparently (laughs) yeah you just gotta figure it out and make peace with it i guess but they said like if you can make peace with that and you can understand that and you can be more self-aware of those parts of your life i mean you can help people and that is something that i would like to do in 2020 so let's see this moonshine books do you want to see what this says about scorpio rising oh god yeah (laughs) Well, read my Capricorn Rising, too. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, this can't just be throwing me under the bus. Oh, no, I get thrown under the bus a lot here. All right, save the bus for last. Becca's last. (laughs) Scorpio Rising. This is from my Moon Signs book, and this is by Donna Cunningham. Apparently, she wrote, like, seven or eight books, and they all sound pretty interesting. One of them is An Astrological Guide to Self-Awareness. Sounds pretty good. I need that one. Being a lunar type in a solar world. (gasps) I need that one, too. You ready for this one? Healing Pluto problems. Oh my god. <laughs> Astrology and vibrational healing. The spiritual dimensions of healing. Oh, oh, sorry. The spiritual dimensions of healing addictions. Oh. Further dimensions of healing addictions and astrology and spiritual development. Wait, who is this woman? Donna Cunningham. Donna Cunningham. And this book is called, called Moon Signs, The Key to Your Inner Life. Go get her books. They sound amazing. 1988. Ooh, get them, get them. Yeah, okay. Um, so this one says, for Scorpio Rising. Sorry, I'm burping too. Okay. <laughs> well, this is an extremely emotional sign. It has very little trust of others, particularly where feelings and needs are concerned. Oh, God. These people keep many (laughs) things about themselves secret, for many have suffered painful betrayals and want to be very sure of the relationship before revealing themselves. They are attached to the past, but often in a negative way, holding on to injustices. Many are loners, so when they get involved, it is likely to result in an intense mutual dependency. Scorpio rising people are extremely gifted at understanding the unspoken feelings and needs of others, so they make excellent counselors and have natural healing abilities. 
Neptune is in that sign from 1956 through 1970, adding some Piscean qualities. Uranus was in Scorpio from 1974 to 1981, so young people born there may, may combine some Aquarian tendencies. Pluto has been in Scorpio, its own sign, since 1983, so those born with this double influence would intensify the qualities given above. So, your qualities are intensified. I think I found myself... <laughs> in your Pluto in, Scorpio? In my Scorpio, and it's really fucking annoying. Okay. All right, what does it say about your Capricorn? My Capricorn rising... As indicated earlier, these individuals had heavy responsibilities thrust on them at an early age, often by family hardship or by having parents who were older. These responsibilities gave them little room for a child's normal dependency or for having fun, so they are serious, hard-working people who take care of everyone but themselves. Emotional <laughs> extremes would get in the way of productivity, so the only feeling they allow themselves is a low-level depression. It Becca. <laughs> <laughs> the only feeling I allow myself is a low-level depression, Jamie. Um, Neptune has been in that sign since 1984 and will be until 1998. So for people born in those years, the picture will be modified by Piscean traits. So that's me. Uranus and Capricorn from 1988 to 1995. So my Capricorn rising is extra Pisces, which it basically this whole moon sign book if i were to go through and read all the things about my fucking pisces moon just says you're not really suited for life on earth but really try not to kill yourself oh that makes sense that's what it oh all my god said. i love that i think that yeah. that was so beautiful becca that's what this whole book says it's i mean like, that summary was just so touching you know I that was say. so pisces of you <laughs> It says so. what men and women of the sign, this is Pisces moon. It says what men and women of the sign want most from this world is to get out of it. <laughs> their castle. Hey, don't kill yourself. Their castle <laughs> is in the air and they keep forgetting to pay the rent on it. Oh, both have a rather unreal vision She's of women jokes. as either sacrificing saints or helpless sickies, either devoted to serving or else headed for the loony bin. Marriage and the family scene may be viewed as either leg iron or a life preserver. And romance is a fantasy better left unfulfilled. Holy For fuck. all that, there's something so wonderfully otherworldly and whimsical about them that they could be a delightful companion. Did we just find ourselves in our water signs? I mean... That's I, so... I'm basically Michelangelo is also what it says. I'm like... Uh, the. The hairs on my arms are sticking up, and I think it's because I'm a little bit mad and a little bit fucking relieved, but also just like, what? You know why your moon sucks and it's in the sixth house? Tell and me. why the sixth house sucks? Because the sixth house is Virgo. Well, yeah. The only fucking grounding I have in my entire fucking chart is in my moon, and it's the most unfavorable place to have it. That's actually how I got started on the Scorpio in the first house was because <clears throat> I was like, okay, I have no Earth besides like Capricorn, but that's like the generational planets like your Uranus <laughs> and Neptune or some shit. But yeah, like, I don't know. I was like, I'm going to research this and figure out like, okay, water and Earth, like water is at least on the Earth. You know, so when I tried to like tap into that, I was like, there she is. There she is. It says, um, 
When the work is not going well, the sixth house moon person is miserable and off balance emotionally for their great needs to be useful and productive. <laughs> um, story of my life in like present tense. <sighs> oh God. Okay. Read. Don't just sigh. You have to read. Oh God. Okay. Well, cause then there's like my third house. My moon's my third house. Your moon's in your third. Which says similar to the moon in Gemini. That is that. Communication is very important to the individual. Talking I think is you're, oh yeah, sorry. Duh. I was like I was about to say your moon's in your third house, but Yeah, a lot of my shit's in my third house. I have a stellium <laughs> yeah, in my third house. Do. Um talking is used as a way of understanding and working out feelings, although the approach may be rather intellectualized one. Because of the strong need to make themselves understood, these people are often gifted communicators and many are excellent teachers, writers, and speakers. There's a deep attachment to female relatives, especially sisters, which is true. Sometimes with this position, the mother has been so young or emotionally immature as to be almost a sister, or a sister has to assume most of the motherly, mothering role. Wow. Wait, I wonder where my sister's moon is. I don't know. Figure that out. Um, let's see. There's so much stuff in all these books. It's so interesting. We could probably talk forever and ever and ever about what's in these books. I know. Could you imagine if Uranus was in Gemini? I called it Uranus the other day and Uranus. somebody laughed at me. Because, like, what? it's like Uranus, but Where? in, like, a fancier... Uranus. Yeah, it's, like, fancier. Where's your Saturn? Uh, Saturn is in my... I know my Jupiter's in Libra. My Saturn is in Aquarius. I think my Saturn might be in Aquarius as well. Uh, yeah, in the third house. Hmm, let's see. Which is a Gemini house. Gemini house? Let's see what Saturn in Aquarius means. Because Saturn is... Saturn's a weird one. I feel like Saturn kind of gets a bad rap because it used to be the furthest away planet that people... It's the furthest away planet that you can see with... Uh, like your naked eye so all the old timey way back when astrologers and stuff like Saturn was the one that was like the last one like kind of guarding and keeping everyone in and kind of like a big d-bag or something like people Saturn had a bad rep for a long time but now I think Pluto gets that because it's the furthest out now but good news okay tell me Saturn in Aquarius is a fine position for Saturn, well, possibly the best in the horoscope. Hold on. Babe's coming through. Thanks, Alex. He's You're given welcome. us some. That's you guys are dry over here. We were, we're very dry over here. We need help. He's filling up our mimosa glasses. It's mimosa time. What time is it? Mimosa like, time. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> This is the last bottle of champagne. No, it's not. There's one more. It's hiding. It's got to be. No way. That's okay. We have more alcohol. We're prepared. Yeah. We can we can hang. Just okay. letting you know. Thank you. I appreciate your mimosa skills. Please have it up. Oh, okay. He did. Yikes. He's Cheers. I asked him to be on the pod, and he was like, I don't want to be on the pod. And I was like, okay. All right. That's fine. Um, this is close enough. He's yep. good. He was on it. That was Alex, you guys. You heard it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, well, so we share Saturn in Aquarius. 
and it is possibly the most favorable place for Saturn to be. So that's good. We have that going for us. (gasps) That's exciting. This is a really long little page, but let's see where it'll take us. Um, This book is funny because it has like a whole big lot of information and then it has its last paragraph says the other side of the story and it gives like a really fucking savage like (laughs) like downside to everything wait what do you mean like it's all these paragraphs will sound really nice and then it says the other side of the story and it's just like calls out all the big major flaws in a really harsh way like because it has to be like um like generational because um, i feel like that's something about our generation is like yes us as millennials like look at us we're fucking making money off instagram okay here okay well i'll just read this last yeah, read this i'll just read that last paragraph of this so you can just infer with this knowledge what all the good stuff is but it says the other side of the story of our saturn in aquarius which is probably pretty generational i don't know who all has it but a lot of us you read, um, I'm going to see how long Saturn stays in... In a sign. Yeah. Okay, so it says, Your high-handed attitude makes you an unpopular teammate. <laughs> Sad bitch. Ooh, okay. what if I like to be a lone wolf? Exactly. You always seem to want to go in the opposite direction to everyone else. You are a troublemaker. You talk too much about topics you don't understand and provoke others to complain. You can't stand being told what to do without retaliating in some way. You are apt to hold extreme political views that may be offensively autocratic or communistic, but you don't have the courage of your convictions. Excuses are your substitute for action. Your radical opinions may arouse public hostility and lead to you being ostracized. Public hostility? Or, on the other hand, you may be regarded as a crank and have no impact whatsoever. Trouble with the law is indicated. So, I'm a little bit pissed off because it says (laughs) that Saturn stays in a sign for two and a half years. So, that's not a lot of people. That's not fucking fair. That's okay. That's me and you. We're in it together. All right. Can you say... Oh, no. I'm stuck. I can say some good things about Saturn in Aquarius. I was just about to say, like, yeah, it's a great time to be alive because I feel like there are that group of people that are probably around our age that are like killing it like making money off instagram like i feel like our time right now like 20 i would say like 26 to 30 is like i would say we're probably the freaking best i don't know but that's just me but at the same time like there's a different like kind of entitlement that comes with i feel like the people younger than us are entitled but they are also killing it and in a really annoying way. I know. Right? I heard you talking on Brian's podcast about that, too. Um, shout out Common Chaos. True. Podcast. Hey. Well, yeah. Yo. I do think. on that. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be one of those cranky old people that's like, get off my lawn. You know? Absolutely. That'll be me when I'm old. That's going to be me right now. Because like, I feel like here? our generation, I heard you talk about this on Brian's podcast as well as, like, we were, like, Pre and post internet, right? So we were like before the internet, and then we, like we, we saw can it. see both sides. We see both 
sides and it's crazy because I feel like it's hard not to feel entitled when you can see what it was like before and be like okay well that was one way and then you see how it is after and be like okay well you don't know what this is like and it's easy to put yourself on like a pedestal when you know all sides of the story yeah because I feel like that side of the story of like pre-internet is so like prehistoric Mm -hmm. where like even my little brother for instance like he has no fucking clue no clue at all and it's just like it's mind-blowing to me how people are like do you not remember like like even tv like in the 90s like Mm -hmm. fucking well, Sesame Street and Barney and Mr. Rogers, like all that shit. We didn't have cable then. We had a fucking like antenna that we had to go like adjust. And you on had to like own. be watching TV at the time yes. it was on to like make sure you saw something. And if you missed it, you fucking missed it. Yes. And that was it. Oh my gosh. You know? Yes. And yeah. now it's like, I need VR that when I have all my friends over. And I just watch okay. Hulu and Netflix and oh, all that Or sort like of shit. Hulu and, and Netflix. They can just stream it or DVR. Still, that's it doesn't so dumb. matter. I the only reason why I ever had Hulu is so I could watch The Bachelorette and like it was still late. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I was actually driving around the other day. These are things I think about and I was wondering like the people that are like 21 right now that we work with like 19, 20, 21 that I really like and are like cool people. I wonder what they think about the people that are younger than them that are like coming up because I remember when I was like 19 and 21 and I was thinking about the kids that were like five years younger than me and being like "Mm, these are the people that don't know shit and now those are the people where I'm like well fuck what what are the like what's that next well I think it's hard for me with that because I had Gabe as my little brother and like we both kind of hung out at the skate park so all of my friends were older than me or my age Mm -hmm. but then I made friends with Gabe's friends which were a little bit younger than me and then his age so it was either like I had my older friends and then my age and then Gabe's older friends so like we had a very blended group of friends which is like really fucking weird for like whatever Uh um but I guess, like, for me, it was never really, like, you guys are different. It was just, like, whatever. Um, but, again, maybe that has something to do with the internet because that was, like, before Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that was, but like... But who are the kids that are, like, 15 right now? What are they like? Oh, my God. Like, I have we no have fucking no, clue. Exactly. We have no connection to those people at all. So, like, who are well, they? What are they doing? Where are you? Right. Who are you? Whoa. I know. Who are today's teenagers? Who knows? You know, it's crazy, crazy to think about. Um, all right, just texted me. <laughs> weird. So weird. Let's see. So the people that are Jamie and I's age have a Saturn in Aquarius, and for all of you out there who also have a Saturn in Aquarius, it is a fine position for Saturn, possibly the best in the horoscope. It makes you an outgoing and very responsible person. Ooh, I'm not responsible though, and like that. But is you some- sincerely care about your fellow man. I do. Although I, w- I had a come to Jesus moment and I realized that I'm A, not responsible and B, not reliable. <laughs> you realize that political and <laughs> social ills that. can't be remedied overnight. In this, you are not a radical like some solar Aquarians. You believe in evolution rather than revolution, but you are willing to take an, take an action. Oh, sorry. Take an active part in giving these a kick in the right direction. So this is Aquarius and Saturn? Uh-huh. Um, let's see. You are best working in a job where the team spirit is essential. 
You understand the value of cooperation and have a talent for bringing together in working harmony totally different personalities. I'm really pumped because my Aquarius and Saturn is in the third house, which is Gemini. So I'm happy. Oh, look. about that? You are likely to enjoy an unusual but lasting marriage or love attachment. Here we are. That's cool. In our long-lasting love attachments, whatever they are. (laughs) You may be parted from this person on numerous occasions, but separation never severs the deep link that binds you together. There I am. All right. (laughs) You are not the type to form frivolous, frivolous liaisons. You won't play around with another's affections. You are true and faithful. Whatever you undertake, you approach with a serious and responsible attitude. You have many social acquaintances in a very wide range of contacts in your field. You are probably an authority on your work or will be later in life. You are friendly. Ooh, I will be later in life. <laughs> there you go. You are friendly and considerate, courteous and well-meaning. You are extremely able at putting your ideas into words. Uh, not me. Quite, o- <laughs> Quite often you wait, are prepared wait. to play a backroom role and allow others to receive acknowledgement that is rightly due you. Oh my God. This is because you are not egotistical. You value the work more than the recognition. Your esteem of your colleagues generally means more to you than public plaudits. We're learning so many things. Thank you, Storytime with Becca. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so excited. We're learning so much. I mean, we have books and books and all kinds of stuff. Oh, we have Mars. I read about my Mars and uh, Cancer, which is my cross to bear, let me just yeah. say. But it Wait, also what's sp- my cross? I have too many crosses to bear. I'm carrying too many fucking crosses. <laughs> Wait. Okay, so I think that's my Pluto and Scorpio. And then my cross to bear is my moon in the sixth house in Aries. But my Scorpio is the one carrying it all because it is the cause of all my problems. Where's your Mars? In Aries. Oh, in Leo. Ooh. Oh, I was right at this page. Oh, it's right next to Cancer. Look, we're on the same page. Oh, my God. Look at us. Let's see what Mars and Leo says. You're a powerhouse of energy and vitality and know exactly what you're going and know exactly where you're going. To the top, of course. (laughs) It's what? not it's not the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that interests you, but the power and the glory, especially the glory. You're a showman and you know it. You dramatize every emotion and action whenever someone is around That's to see. Up. No, I don't. You never cease playing to the gallery. You are entertaining, enterprising, and exciting. You uh, or your detractors might say you're proud and egotistical, but it might be admitted that you seldom fail to give the audience their money's worth. You are a warm-hearted, generous, and passionate character. In love, you take over completely and in return give everything you've got. You are wildly emotional, recklessly romantic, and inclined to make promises in the ardor of the moment that would make more wisely left unmade. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not the truest thing. I feel like I'm Mm. like, yeah, I want to do all these things. And then it's like... Mars and Leo. Wait, no. Don't say meh. Still, you're a man of woman of action. You get more done in a day than many others accomplish in a week. You work largely from intuition and are guided by your heart. It is not all plain sailing. You are probably, as you've probably noticed, you're a demon for going that little bit too far, which to others is overboard. Uh, would you say so? I mean, <laughs> I don't really know. Extremes have a fatal attraction for you. In love, as has been mentioned, you are frequently... Over hasty and impulsive, competuous of indecision Me? and disdainful of consequences. No. no. 
Your no. love of pleasure and the party life costs you a packet. No, it doesn't. I don't know what that means. No, that's not me. You're a bit ingenious and foolishly trusting. Sometimes cunning types penetrate your guard. You're surprisingly easy to deceive with flattery and praise. And Ooh, a personal yeah. compliment, no matter how outrageously extravagant, seldom seems inappropriate to you. You're a born leader <laughs> who invariably <laughs> enjoys the trust and confidence of those in authority. Da, da, da. Let's see. Although rather fixed in your opinions, you are willing to listen to what others have to say. This willingness never prevents you from arguing your own ideas readily and forcefully. Here I am. <laughs> you are apt to be Here most successful in occupations connected with the government, stock exchange, and entertainment industry. And musical ability is often latent with Mars and Leo. You are fond of exercise and competitive sports, although sometimes accident-prone. You enjoy speed and taking risks. I'm so excited. I'm learning so much about myself. Do you want to hear about the other side of the story, which is where you're about to get a real harsh yes, harsh slap? I love okay. It. it says, you are power-mad, but lack the positive qualities of leadership. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, oh, I already know that. Your dictatorial and belligerent manner makes you more enemies than friends. You even antagonize <laughs> those you believe you are helping. <laughs> Your love life has probably been marred by tragedy, most of your romantic affairs ending in disappointment or sorrow. Gambling and reckless extravagance keep you poor and worried. People in authority trust you to begin with, but soon lose confidence. You are brash Did and I not just say that I was unreliable? <laughs> you are brash and a braggart. Clumsy, irritable, and prone to blame others for your misfortunes. When opposed, you were bullheaded, threatening, and violent. Obviously. Obviously. I feel like those are the things that I've been dealing with in my life for the last 28 years. <laughs> and I am Mars now so much self-aware, so much more self-aware now than I ever have been in my entire life. So, like, Mars and Leo book... You can't tell me anything I don't know because I'm going to the top, sweetie. All right. I'm All right. dancing. You guys yeah, can't tell. I can see it. She's, <laughs> she's putting on her little Leo guard of, this can't hurt me. <laughs> what My, is that song? We, we found a song the other day. Nails, tear. <laughs> nails, hair, hips, oh, lips. Nails, hair, hips, lips. Hold on. These are the... I don't know what it is. Nails, hair, lips, hips. Let's see. My Mars and Cancer is here to say. Hold on. Shout out Mars and Cancer. I want to hear about your Mars and Cancer, but I have to play the song really fast. I know. We really have to hear it as well because it's a quality, quality song. But where the fuck is it? Hair, nails. Oh, nails, hair, hips, heels. Ooh. Ooh. Here we go. Ooh. Here we go. Yeah. Uh. Ooh. Oh, okay, okay. Bitch, I'm a big deal. <laughs> Can't help but, but move. <laughs> I'm a one bitch. What did that girl just say, girl? <laughs> Okay, if you guys don't know the song, it is Nail Hair Hip Heels by Todrick Hall. Oh my god, it is. And it's is the most amazing song. Fire. Yes. You guys have to listen to it every day when you get up That's and you'll just like... Be ready. Yes. 
you're gonna put away all your bad placements <laughs> and you're gonna come out i love fierce. how he says ass fat lips real because it's like ass fat lips real that's yeah. me yeah that's you <gasps> <laughs> that song's about me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No wonder I feel connected to it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to read about my Mars and Cancer. All right, all right, all right. You got Mars and Cancer. <sighs> yeah. Hold on. Hurts. My mom also has a Mars and Cancer. <laughs> okay, go. So. This is a combination that signifies the true artist, whether he or she be a painter, writer, sculptor, philosopher, musician, or gentle humanitarian. The fiery and, ma- and energetic Mars, when immersed in Cancer, the deep receptive water sign of the moon, seems to bring out an unsuspected magical quality. Um, da, da, da. What else does it say? Such as Shakespeare, Michelangelo, Dante, Petrarch, Byron, Balzac, Kant, and Copernicus. You too have some of this magic. It actually says there's something else... Um, Michelangelo also has a Pisces moon, so I'm pretty sure I'm Michelangelo. So because he I also just has got Mars a feeling. Cancer. What? So are you psychic now? I feel like there's a little bit. I feel like I'm intuitive. I'm trying to tap into it, but it's scary. Um, I feel like your Capricorn is so just like me. No, I'm here. But your Pisces is like, no, this is actually who I am. So you can like get the fuck out the way. Okay. I don't know what that means. I'm trying to like You have to meditate on it. I need yeah, I need to <laughs> meditate on it. Um my Mars and Cancer makes me ambitious and industrious, and I am also changeable and lacking in continuity. But you can wait for the things you really want. Um da 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 <laughs> You want security, the security of the law as well as the home. But you don't particularly You are a rule follower. I know. To a the <gasps> my fucking core yeah 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 yeah. oh my gosh that's so you you don't particularly like other people's ideas of security you want things your way the law in many ways fails the public sets up power centers that restrict rather than resolve pamper rather than protect punish rather than prevent and this is a source of your revolt and protest you are often misunderstood and thought to be a sniping dissenter rather than a person with positive ideals you would like to see the world run on home and family lines with love but you are enough of a realist to understand the odds against this becoming reality. You are original, independent, and enterprising. You love your home and especially the family ideal, but your home life is often disturbed from the inside as well as the outside. You constantly have to deal with interference and never seem to be able to settle down for long. Um, You have an emotional approach to action rather than a reasoning one. Your instinctive knowledge is quite amazing and you have learned to rely on it. Let's see. You are often in ferment inside, and this disturbs your stomach and digestive process. Ooh, do you have digestive problems? I don't know. Maybe. You are easily offended and hold grudges. Hmm. (laughs) Are you a grudge holder? I don't think so, but (laughs) maybe I I guess (laughs) you resent, repress, and smolder. I mean, that's probably more. I, mean, I think I rep- yeah. I'm a repressive yeah. grudge holder. I don't like actively hold grudges, but I think my body holds on to them. Yeah, I could see that. You are inclined to depend on alcohol, tobacco, or drugs. Probably you clashed with your mother in younger years, and this may have left you an unconscious traumatic scar. There's a possibility that death or separation occurred during childhood. 
Mars gives you a capacity for objective, no-nonsense self-analysis, which, if utilized, can release the emotional pressures you have allowed to build up through ignoring or rejecting issues. Hmm. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. You are likely to have to move home abruptly several times. Unforeseen circumstances may involve you in sudden changes in numerous departments of your life. That's true. Ooh. So my other side of the story, where it's going to... Give, give it to you. Give it to me straight. It's going to put it in your butt. <laughs> yeah. Here it goes. And I'm not going to like it. No lube. <laughs> put it in the butt. No lube. Oof. Here we go. That's like my nightmare. That sounds so bad. <laughs> okay. Unhappy childhood experiences may still discolor your outlook on life. You are likely to be depressed by sad and sorrowful memories. When you try to snap out of it, as you continually do, you are irritable and psychologically ill at ease. You may have little in common with your marriage partner or the person you live with. Your home may be an arena of worries, difficulties, and troubles. You are likely to be unfortunate where property and legalities are concerned. Uh, accidents, thefts, fires, storms, and danger through water are all possible causes of loss and injury. You may have eye trouble. <laughs> I don't think that's how that bad. How do your bad. eyes feel? I'm going to ask you from now on. How my eyes are? How do your eyes feel? <laughs> I mean, my eyes are okay, I think. You know what's funny, though, is like, hmm. what better person to have Mars and Cancer than you? Because I feel like if any sort of destruction in your life were to happen, everything else in your chart is like, okay, move forward. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> fine. It'd be like that sometimes. It's like, we're going to be go. aggressively sad. Yeah. And by aggressively, we mean like moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like... Fuck the shit. We're going. But that's what all the Aries stuff ahead. says. Well, because you are that's Aries. you are an Aries. I have an Aries stellium, that's for sure. Aries and Capricorn, right? My sun. My sun, Mercury, Venus, and I think something else are in Aries. Mm. But my sun, Mercury, and Venus for sure are in Aries. In my third house? No, I think my second house. Oh, wait, my... What the fuck? Well, let me find you. <coughs> so you Because my moon is in my third house. I think it's Capricorn all in my fourth house. and... Uh, Aries stellium. Aries stellium. Which makes sense. Okay, so Earth but, sign is Capricorn, uh-huh. the cardinal sign. Uh, oh, that came out. I'm yikes. so sorry, you guys. Um, Capricorn, I believe, is the cardinal sign. Yes. So is Aries. And Aries. And then Pisces is a mutable, mutable sign. Mm-hmm. So you are adaptable, but mostly you just push forward. Mm-hmm. And just say, fuck it, we're going. Ain't nothing holding so me back except I my own thoughts. obsessive and mutable. Okay. So you go forward and adapt, and I obsess over shit and adapt. Let's just read this hard shit about the moon and Aries real quick. <laughs> Your other side of the story, and then I'll read my hard bullshit about Pisces. Okay. So the other side of the story, the moon and Aries. Which is my moon, by Which the way. is your moon. You may pour out vast amounts of energy in great spurts of enthusiasm and achieve nothing. You may be... <laughs> <laughs> savage right this book is mean savage as fuck what the fuck astrology is not all fun wow, and games guys it's not you may be all show all puff and wind your ideas are likely to be magnificently unworkable 
You may start a project and drop it because you have lost interest without a thought or, or without a thought for any others involved. Your idealism may reach fanatical levels. You are likely to make indiscreet public statements and ruin your reputation through rash actions. Ooh. Your temper may be uncontrollable and destructive. You lack, or your lack of inner stability may lead to a breakdown. You are likely to be a troublesome rebel without a cause. Your marital infidelities may cause unhappiness. I did not you have may, any infidelities. You may be a thoughtless and dictor- dictatorial parent. Uh, probably. <laughs> Rude, right? Rude. What's yours? Pisces, moon. Um, uh, moon and Pisces. Here we are. Other side of the story. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, I love it. You may be a self-indulgent escapist, addicted to narcotics, drink, and the search for sexual gratification. Wait. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't know about that. Wait a second. I'm not addicted to narcotics and drinks. Are you addicted to sex? No. Oh. I don't think I'm addicted to anything other than my own self-pity, according to a lot of these things. <laughs> Which is not a lie. Uh, not a lie. <laughs> um, chances are you will be a follower of some extremist sex or persona- sect or personality. <laughs> <laughs> Distorted emotionalism may render you vulnerable to dangerous practices such as trying to commune with disincarnate energies and even devil worship. <laughs> Okay. You may be lazy, (laughs) slovenly, indiscriminate, and incapable of earning your own living in a conventional way. Prison, Uh, hospitals, and mental institutions may figure prominently in your life. Savage. (laughs) When are you going to go to jail? I don't know. I'm waiting. (laughs) I'm waiting for the right time, you know? I'm ready. Oh, my God. That is so fucking funny. Okay, so what is, like, your one takeaway from... Your obsession from your birth chart this last week. My one obsession from my birth chart? Or, like, one takeaway. One thing that I've learned a lot about. um, Oh, gosh. Well, you have your Scorpio Pluto is what you've been focusing on. I've really been learning more about the houses and, like, what my third house is. And... Because I have a third house that I was focusing on. Yours is in the 6th. Brian's is in the 11th. So I was just reading about, like, those. For your moon? hmm Yeah. And so I'm just learning more about the houses this week, really. Um, my third house is all about... Which you have a stellium in, right? Which I have a stellium in. Oh, God. Now I forgot now that I'm on the spot. There's my moon sign book. My third house is... Third house is, like, communication, sort of? Yeah, that's Gemini. Third house, I just opened to a page about it. it Illumination knew. in the third house. The third house shows how you function in several er, several areas with near relatives in your daily routines and in communication. So it makes sense that I have stellium in my third house because I am, I don't know, I feel like very just focused on those things are like very here and now. Right, like yeah. communicating with people, my daily routine. Well, that's the my, what the houses represent people is that are the here and now. Right here yeah but like i mean other ones are like work or like specifically the marriage and like love things or like your ego or whatever this is seems to be kind of generalized in my opinion i don't know because it's third house and it's gemini and it's air and it's everywhere it's like communication a lot a lot of it's communication and i feel like learning how to communicate has been a cross to bear in my life 
So well, because you have an Aries Mercury, so you're just like there's no need it's just like, it's for communication. Like for you, I feel like it's just like when you say things, you're very just like diplomatic and like. I think that's my Capricorn too. Well, yeah, I feel like you're Aries and you're Capricorn, but then now learning about this Pisces, how it like <sighs> intervenes with your. That's how I've been dealing with, so with my much Gemini Capricorn. and my Leo and my fucking Scorpio. It's so oh, yeah. annoying. I guess that is also what I learned. It's that my Capricorn is extra Pisces. Like, go figure that my Capricorn rising was also going to have so much of a Pisces influence when my moon is also in Pisces. So I'm like a super Pisces. You but are also super, a Pisces. super. It's like it on makes, the inside. I may as well be have a Pisces stellium because I have my moon and my fucking Capricorn first house thing it's all so pisces it's exhausting i what am i like i love her anna the one that makes the jewelry that lives in Mm -hmm. california um she is pisces pisces gemini rising so she's pisces at her ego pisces at her core and just like okay let's look her up actually her her name on co-star is so cute it's positively pisces it's so cute oh my gosh i'm gonna add her you should oh and she's got her mercury her sun her moon and her jupiter Mm. for in her Pisces. So she's got a Pisces stellium and a 10th house stellium. Let and she see. has a 7th house stellium. Holy shit. Look at her chart. Ooh. Right? <laughs> Venus and Capricorn. Interesting. In the 8th house. Huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Her Venus is in Capricorn. That she makes sense. so much Pisces. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't really understand, like, Pisces, like, Pisces sun people. I try to figure them out, but I feel like I just can't. Even though I have a Pisces moon, it's like Pisces sun people are just so different. They really are, aren't they? I feel like they're otherworldly because I feel like that book even said, like, you're you're not meant for Earth. I don't feel like Mm -mm. Pisces is meant for this world. I feel like because... so. Number one is Aries. That's the youngest sign. Number right, 12 is... Yeah, like, I feel like they're just over it, you know? I feel like... I try to think of, like, Pisces people that I know. And my first boyfriend, who I, like, lost my virginity to, was a Pisces. My... I mean, Shelly's a Pisces. I can't think of other, like, Pisces people. I, I mean, I guess Nina? Anna's... Nina's a Pisces. Amanda... Uh, Amanda Nina's associate. What's her last name? Amanda Mays. Mm-hmm. She's a Pisces. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I feel like no Pisces like people are like rare mysterious and valuable. to me. Yeah, I feel like they're just like, and maybe that's because you're so detached from your feelings that when you meet a Pisces, you're like, wait. Who are you? Tell me. Because I'm detached from my feelings and I'm detached from myself in those situations. It's like late February, mid-February to mid-March, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I think Brian's mom is a Pisces. I feel like Pisces is a fantastic sign. And like, I feel like they're just such genuine, real, dreamy. I think like... You know that, like, jaded soul, but, like, the most <laughs> jaded way of, like, being positive. Mm. Of just, mm-hmm. like, 
Like nothing Y'all really worried matters. about Fuck small it. shit, and I'm worried about all this big creative shit over here. And I'm just so magical oh, and oh, otherworldly, and and I should I'm pretty much gonna go kill myself later if things <laughs> don't go my way. But <laughs> that's the know. Aries. No, don't listen. <laughs> that whole moon sign book is like like literally everything I read about a Pisces moon in that book was like. You're not suited for Earth, but a lot of Pisces Moon people left too soon. Stick with it. It's okay. We're better with you here. And I'm like, okay, God. Because I feel like your moon is your thoughts, they say. Your moon right. is like your who you feel like you are, your inner dialogue. That is what is in here. So when your moon is in Pisces and you're like, we don't belong here. There's something better on I'm the other side. Like, of go. course. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go. Just gonna go. Oh, you know see myself is, out. You know who's a Pisces? Fucking Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins. He's a Pisces. Your guy. Oh, something in that Moonshine book says that um, a really good compatibility thing is having a Sun Moon match. Yeah, because you are so secure in yourself mm-hmm. to where you're the same here as you are there. So if I had an Aries moon match, we would be a great person because oh, I'm an Aries mean. and you're an Aries moon. It works. So that's oh, why we get along. Oh, I see. So the or other person. if I, or like me with my first fucking boyfriend, Paul, I'm a Pisces moon. He's a Pisces. So we worked out for a my little My girl bit. Al in Denver. Hey, Al. She's a Gemini moon. I'm Gemini, Gemini moon and a Gemini. And she's a Scorpio see, there you sun. Go. See? What's her? Holla. I think I have her. But that's what, there's a whole thing that that's, like, really works out. And I was trying to tell one of my clients that the other day because she has a, she's a, what is she? She's a Capricorn, but a Taurus moon. And then I was trying to think, well, the whole time I was with her in her appointment, I was like, I really feel like you probably would be pretty well off with a Taurus. I think that's probably like a really good place to start if you do want like your astrology to work for you for love is find your someone that's like a moon that's your moon match. My friend Al. She's Hmm. a Scorpio sun. Gemini moon. Capricorn rising. Holla. (laughs) See? There we go. Y'all bitches. So I feel like I mean you have an Aries moon so Aries is helpful. Um, I have a Pisces moon. Pisces is helpful, but I also feel like it's really hard to connect with Pisces people, like actually, because they are so we're so we're so out there. That. But so is Aquarius, though, isn't that interesting? I I I get along with a lot of Aquarius Mm. people. Three of I mean, all my sisters are Aquarius people. Aquarius people bring out a really interesting Aquarius part of me. Interesting. No, I agree. I feel like Aquarius are very like um, I would say the free spirit. Yeah, Yeah, totally. They're just like over the shit. They're like, okay, I'm gonna do my own thing. Let's I'm do something fucking weird. Yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, I love Aquarius, but Aquarius Moon, I feel like, is the same thing as Scorpio Moon, where it's like, ooh, what's what what? See, I feel mm, I'm gonna watch you. And I feel for me, like, I don't feel like I can ever really connect with like Sagittarius people. Alex is a Sagittarius Moon. Has a Sagittarius stellium. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a hard time connecting with him? I don't know. I think I can sort of see Alex where he's coming from sometimes, but in general, like real, like real, like Sagittarius Sun people, I like, like Audrey. 
Audrey I get, but she's a purebred. But pretty much all my clients that are Sagittarians, when I find that out, I'm like, that's why this is hard. I have to, like, work to get along with the Sagittarius. Hmm. It's a lot of work for whatever reason. And Aquarius people just bring out some really weird part of me that's, like, lighthearted and, like, kind of, like, fun. I wonder if it's the, the fire from Sag that puts out your Pisces. But if it's but I'm a the, fire too, so it's like, can we both be fiery? No, but the charts are different. Maybe that's it. What's See, that's the other fire sign? Th- that's Aries, Leo. Sag, Leo. Hmm, Leos. I feel like I never really even knew any Leos growing up. Joe Rogan's a Leo. Pretty much all of Brian's friends are Leos, and I never really knew any Leos until I got with Brian. So I feel like for a long time, it was just me as an Aries. Like, I was the only fire that was around. And so, yeah, I just kind of dominated that fire sphere, you know? So now when I meet other people that are fiery, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no you can't be fire. I'm, I'm fire. I'm fire. But that's your Aries. Exactly. And I'm wondering if that's why Leo people fucking, they irritate the fuck out of me because they're so fucking arrogant. They're like... Think about Leo. Their ruler is the sun. The universe revolves around them, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like I have a Leo stellium in my Mars, in my aggression, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, I'm proud. Yeah, I see them being proud, and I'm like, you can't be proud. Why are you being so proud for? Like I'm the, I'm I'm the, I'm the, the. There can only be one. And I'm me. That's me. Yeah. There's only me. Yeah. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Every single person I've ever disliked has been a Leo, except damn. <laughs> I think that's me with like Sagittarius. Yeah, I think every single person I've disliked for I, the most part. I have disliked one Sagittarius. Most Sagittarius people, I find it it's hard for me to like connect. As of, I don't know why. Hmm. Capricorns were pretty cool. Aquarius brings out a weird side of me. Ari- or Pisces, it is kind of hard to connect with Pisces people, I guess. Um, let's see. Oh, Taurus people. Mm. Oh, I cannot with Taurus. Mm. There's one girl Mm-mm. that I absolutely love and adore, and she's a Taurus, but I want to know the rest of her birth chart. I'm going to ask her. I'm going to message her tomorrow and be like, hey, I brought you up on the pod. Yeah, Taurus is hard for me to connect with. Gemini, I guess we're cool. <laughs> What's after Gemini? (laughs) Is it Gemini Uh, Cancer? Cancers, we're okay. Leo, I guess it's okay, but I don't know who you are. (laughs) What's after Leo? Virgo. Virgo. Virgos I get along with. Libras I get along with. But I feel like there's nature versus nurture, too, with that kind of stuff. Like, there's, like nature which is like your own birth chart which is like what you were born with right but then there's also like you were brought up by a virgo so that's nurture which means like mm-hmm. my dad's a virgo you're exactly a virgo you're, virgo you're very comfortable with being that's around that's probably why i am of uh, why i'm with a virgo now because mm-hmm. i was with a virgo Virgo. My dad's a Scorpio moon, Scorpio rising. What do you know? Oh, whoa. (laughs) My dad's chart is nuts. Oh, we should look at it right now. Because I did not put him in my co-star, but I put him in. I I sat down and wrote out his birth chart the other day, and I was like, 
fucking shook. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get my phone. One second. Okay, guys. So I'm about to put my dad into my co-star. Brian's screaming. We don't know why. Probably because the video games are playing. Also, by the way, if we haven't told you yet, Becca was on Common Chaos Podcast. If you haven't been there yet, go check out Common Chaos Podcast. 10.01 a.m. Are you back? Yeah. Okay, Becca's back. I never thought to put my dad in my co-star to get his, like, whole thing. I have my mom's, but I never thought to do my dad, so I'm about to do that right now so I, I can see who my padre Council is. Council Bluffs. Council. Let's see. <laughs> Time passage out. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. I'm scared. Dad. My dad's got a Scorpio stellium. I know that. My and dad that- was born at 4.20 p.m., just so you know. Hello. Okay, dad. Sorry. Continue. But my dad, he, I don't know, he has got the coolest chart, I feel. I feel like when I look his, ooh, he's a Libra sun, Scorpio moon, Scorpio rising. Dude, look at his chart, though. Pisces, Mars. Yeah, right? Stelliums all over the place. My dad's one of the most intense people you'll ever meet. But he's, like, also one of the coolest fucking people you'll ever meet. And look at that Virgo stellium. Scorpio Virgo stellium. Like, what? My mom and my dad were born in the same city, nine months apart from each other. And they met in Texas. Yeah, isn't that weird? They were I both born it. in Roseville, California. Oh, Roseville. Roseville. Brian's oh, excited. Yeah, he is. Okay, so let me see. My dad's on my co-star. So he's a Virgo sun, Virgo moon, Capricorn rising. I, too, am a Capricorn rising. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Here we go. Whoa. Let me see it. What does this mean? He also has a Capricorn stellium. He has a Virgo stellium, obviously. And an eighth house, a lot of shit in his eighth house, a lot of shit in his first house. And my stepmom is a Scorpio. No, no, no. She's Sagittarius. Is she? No, no, no. Holy fuck. Hold on. Wait, no. That can't be real. You have to. I think the seventh house means first because your rising can't be in your seventh house. Re refresh that. Refresh it. No, his first house is right there. Let me see. It's Capricorn rising, Saturn and Jupiter in his first house. It's just because my shit's oh, all I cracked. See. Okay. Oh, huh. he's got a large first house. Me too, and it's Capricorn. The first, his first oh, three in his first house child. are Capricorn. I am. And that's what I've learned through my birth chart. And my mom's a Capricorn I too. I am my father's child. Okay. Okay. So. Becca's dad's chart. (laughs) (gasps) Bitch. Okay. Capricorn stellium, Virgo stellium, first house, and eighth house stellium. And I have a first and a third house stellium. Damn. And my first house is Capricorn too. Wow. Isn't it crazy what we can learn with astrology? It is crazy. A Leo Venus. That makes sense. What is the eighth house? Scorpio. Well, okay, but what is the eighth house? Death, say? rebirth, 
control sun virgo sun and virgo eighth house meaning you feel the need to distinguish yourself through from others through darkness taboos rebirth sex and transformation okay okay and that's where his moon is his sun moon pluto he's a scorpio moon or scorpio eighth house just eighth house his scorpio he has a scorpio neptune in his 10th house he has a mars and libra Huh. My dad's Scorpio moon is in his first house. Yikes. You and your Scorpio's in your first house. What can I say? I'm my father's child. Ooh. How long has this been? I have to pee. Uh, it's probably been time enough. Shall we? Shall we humble brag? We should. Thanks, guys, for hanging. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this one back. It's Christmas. It's been an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're killing it. We're doing the thing. It's dark out now. It was light out when we started. It's weird when it's dark outside. When if we're you potting. guys have listened to this whole thing, which you fucking better have, <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. So Becca's still balls deep in her phone. I'm we changing my we thing can, back. We to can me. talk all about all of that we've learned off the pod, but until then, humble brag is I am finding more out about myself, and I'm pumped about it. And there's there been go. a lot of self awareness, and I'm excited. So that's my humble brag. Um. Okay. My humble brag is that it's christmas and can i brag again that i'm going to vegas in like a couple weeks because i'm really fucking pumped that's gonna be becca's humble brag forever until she gets back and then probably two weeks after she's gonna be like my humble brag was i was in vegas (laughs) (laughs) you know it you know it all right well thanks ladies for listening love you and we'll love you out merry christmas in 2020 merry christmas adios Work, work, work.